The Start. On Demand. On Demand. A local group has put out a petition to give parents the freedom to choose whether or not their kids should wear masks at school. What do you think of that? Downtown Winnipeg Biz launches a campaign called Open With Care to help build trust with customers. And what sort of random bizarre things have you seen out there? This morning on the way in, I saw a dude dribbling a basketball down Portage Avenue at 4.53 a.m. Because perfectly normal, right? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. And this is the Tuesday, August 25th podcast for The Start. I went back to bed. I lied down. I realized, no, this isn't happening. So I got up and I just milled about for a few minutes uh, and uh, I just couldn't fall back asleep. I'm so, sorry, man. That yeah. really stinks. It's kind of funny. So it, it, see, the, the, the good thing is sometimes when you're really punchy in the morning, that can lead to the most fun shows. So <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Do you wonder if you were hallucinating this morning when you saw a few glorious things on your drive-in? You thought you were too tired, maybe. Well, okay, so I'm in the cab, and I'm going up Osborne, and there's this dude who is walking northbound across the bridge with a wood pallet over his back. <laughs> Like, Why not? Yeah. I mean, maybe he's on his way to Costco to load up on giant tubs of peanut butter. It could just be strength training. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. Let's not judge. He's getting ready for the next world's toughest race. And oh, uh, the, go ahead, Loren. I, I was just going to say, honestly, during COVID, the strength training thing, I remember going for early on in this pandemic, like it was a run slash walk. I'm going to pretend it was a run and ran past these people pulling each other on a tire. And I said, what are you doing? They're like cross training. We can't go to the gym. So you never know. It could have been a strength training thing. Sometimes as I'm heading up the elevator, I'll just like do curls with my groceries. <laughs> Seriously? I might, yeah. Because I, <laughs> I might have a bag with some pop in it or maybe chocolate milk in the other one. And I'll just do some quick curls because I, I haven't, I mean, I, I can go back to the gym, uh, but I, ju- I just haven't that often. Well, you know, we go through five four liter jugs of milk a week in our house. So five. Oh, easy. And, uh, Four liter jugs of milk, gallon of milk. That, that's good uh, little arm curls there. You can you can work with those without any question. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there's all kinds of ways to improvise. I generally don't because I've been kind of lazy. But so that that was the first weird thing I saw. And then uh, I ran outside at four fifty, and at four fifty three a.m., this guy comes walking by on Portage Avenue, just casually dribbling a basketball. <laughs> Like, what the hell's going on? Look at that nice pull, the Harlem Globetrotters. What was that called? Sweet, uh... Sweet Georgia Brown. Yes. Yeah, so we saw, I saw some weird things today. So you can text us at 204-780-6868. What are some of the just random, weird, or bizarre, or straight-up baffling things you've seen? And we'll discuss that at 645, uh, because I know, Greg, there's a headline that you pointed out. Uh, at cjob.com and globalnews.ca slash Winnipeg about something that went down at P.F. Chang's. You want me to read that now? Ah, maybe just give a little snapshot and we'll get into it a bit more. Mm, machete-wielding man tries to mount horse statue. Bear sprays officers. That from Winnipeg Police Service. So we'll we'll give you uh, the details as we make our way through the morning. Now, McNabb, how uh, your trip back home from Brandon? What time did you get back yesterday? I think it was just after three. I did a 
couple other stops in Brandon, just, you know, watching people go in and out of different stores just to see what was going on and talk to, to a few more people. And then, yeah, I made my way back and it was un- uneventful. I, I don't think I said on air yesterday how frightening my drive out there was because of all the deer between basically Spruce Woods and Brandon. And so as I was driving back, I had my hands at the 10 and 2, just clenched, just keeping an eye out for those suckers because I think they're out to get me. So uneventful on the way back, and I was thankful for it. How many have you hit in your life? I have... Or have hit you, perhaps? Two have hit me, and Mm -hmm. I have hit two. Oh, my. Yeah, well, then that's a genuine thing to be afraid of. If you've you've got a penchant or if the, the deer likes... If they like your vehicle, then I'd be on the. I'd be fearful of that as well. I suggested to Loren that the uh, deer have a complex uh, communication network <laughs> and are <laughs> speaking to each other from different parts of the province. Oh, yeah, that McNabb. She's uh, she's heading I, your way. <laughs> I swear to you, the last time one hit me, like it, like I slammed on the brakes. This was after I'd killed two in the last year, which is terrible. And one flipped over my hood of the car and sort of kicked the side view mirror and then kept running and I swear in his head he's like not today McNabb not today <laughs> and so now that's all I can think of that they they know me you know it's personal so mm-hmm. the deer the deer law blogs and vlogs and they've got their own interweb somehow they're <laughs> they're talking about you uh by the way uh one of our listeners uh being a milkman I did not know this a four liter jug of milk weighs 8.8 pounds. Not bad. Oh. Yeah, both the uh, weight of a uh, human head. Okay, so if you you got a bag of, say, two of them, or if you, in your case, Greg, if you're getting five jugs, yeah. you've got two bags with two jugs Yeah, each. don't put a... Uh, they always ask, do you want your milk in a bag? I'm like, it's sort of already in its own container. So we, I can't... I don't know if I can carry two in one hand. That's heavy. 16 Obviously, pounds? 16, almost 17, almost 18 pounds. I thought you were a tough guy. I'm not a tough guy. You know better than that. <laughs> oh, and by the way, McNabb, uh, did you have bacon or sausage at Comfort Oh, yeah. Kitchen? Oh, no, I ended up with nothing. Why? I, didn't, uh, I couldn't. I feel terrible about it, so I'll have to go back. Well, I was just so busy running around, and then at the end of the show, uh, we had a conference call for work, so I had to go to the car because the phone was dying, and then I had another hit to do with Kathy, and then I just was scrambling, and then I didn't get scrambled eggs and bacon. So I'll have to go back. Oh, man, I feel so bad for you. You should. Epidemiologists from outside Manitoba are keeping a close watch on the steep rise in COVID-19 cases in this province. Raywat Dionandan is with the University of Ottawa, and he's actually been a regular contributor to CJOB throughout this pandemic, particularly on the news with Richard and Julie. And he says Manitoba needs to get things under control soon. It's deeply concerning to me, considering Manitoba has a population the size of the city of Ottawa, but you've got about two or three or even four times the incidence rate of this disease right now with a lesser uh, population density. So you've got to get things under control pretty soon. It's saddening because Manitoba was the golden child for a long time uh, with regards to this disease. And it's a lesson here about how explosive this can be, right? So we can't take a foot off the pedal. That's how the picture appears from the outside looking in, I think, for many. And I've, I've re- received calls like that from relatives who live in other parts of the country saying, what's going on? But the province is reminding Manitobans that 
Early results show many of the increases are linked to clusters, with Dr. Brent Rusin saying mobile testing units have been going in to conduct intentional testing within known communal clusters, including Hutterite colonies. As we're... um you know, reaching out, working, uh, working with the communities. Communities are are uh, cooperative and uh, have a lot of interest in this. Then we're going to see um, uh, cases that are related to that. And again, so it's you know to take that that focus away on just the total number of cases we report because it can be can be misleading. Dr. Rusin is also reiterating it's critical to be kind to individuals and communities who are dealing with COVID-19 cases. Global News Malika Kareem takes a closer look at how the way of life has changed for Manitoba's Hutterite colonies. Across Canada, Hutterite communities are making adjustments to their daily rituals and life due to the influx of COVID-19 cases within colonies. These adjustments happen in the workplace. These adjustments happen in our daily meals. Hutterites eat three meals a day in a communal setting, uh, and that that has had to be changed, and the adjustments are made according to the level of concern within that community. Being visible minorities, many Hutterites have experienced stigma when out in public for errands, eliciting feelings of fear, concern, and self-consciousness about being singled out. I think those feelings are diverse and, and varied. There are some people who are incredibly frustrated by it and, and even angry. And in some cases, one could say that that's justifiable because some of this stigma has been directed at people who've been doing everything right. The Hatterian Safety Council says they have seen a shift in understanding the severity of COVID-19 on colonies, working with groups to educate and guide them in regards to best practices to keep Manitobans safe. Malika Kareem, Global News. Regarding the stigma and the the anger that people are displaying towards these Hutterite colonies, I think that's one of the things that has kind of made me the most sad about what's gone on over the last couple of months in this pandemic. You know, when when it first started, everyone was talking about, hey, let's be kind to each other. And, And there just seems to be growing anger. But I also understand it because I think a lot of that anger is born out of fear. Right. We heard uh, in Joe's story before sports that, uh, you know, people are leery of others getting too close to the store. They just they don't want to catch the virus. Uh, so this fear, I think, is generating a lot of anger, which is really unfortunate. Well, something that you cannot see and then you attach it to people who when they're out in public, they stick out. They look different than than most people, and there's no denying that. And I think folks from Hutterite colonies from around Manitoba, when they come to, whether it's Brandon or Winnipeg or Steinbach, they've been experiencing that for a long time. You know, they know that they, they stand out, and, and they've probably felt that stigma on different fronts for an awfully long time. But, Loren, it's probably increasingly difficult uh, based on what's going on right now, because now there's a there's a there's a different sense uh, about interacting with people that you look at and you go, boy, I'm associating that with COVID nineteen. That's that that that's just sad to to a certain extent. And I think the challenge is this was one of the concerns when you start getting really specific on details, then you lead to that finger finger pointing, right? Oh, it's the maple leaf plant problem, or it's the colony problem, or it's this or that. And so that's one side of it. On on the other side of the equation, it's important to know this because they're saying, look, we're going in and we're proactively testing and the numbers are going to rise as a result because we're trying to figure out 
where this is all going. And so there's the good and the bad of that, right? So you're good, you're, you're relieved knowing where it is or where it's where it's clustered. And then you're concerned because it leads to that blame game. And, and more than that, that was the whole thing with the reason why Dr. Roos in the beginning didn't want to get too specific because then we say, oh, well, it's over there. It's not here. I'm not going to worry about it. And his message from the get-go has been, let's just act like it's everywhere. And that should be the way you behave. You can read more at cjob.com, globalnews.ca slash Winnipeg. The headline, Manitoba Hutterites encouraged to respond with grace as concerns over coronavirus stigma continue. Sweet Georgia Brown, the sound of the Harlem Globetrotters. Why are we playing that? Well, this morning at 4.53 a.m. as I was standing outside, guy walked by me casually dribbling a basketball. Perfectly normal thing to see Sure. at 4.53 a.m. in downtown Winnipeg. On the way in this morning, just before 4 o'clock, in my cab on Osborne on the bridge, guy carrying a wood pallet over his back. Completely normal. Why not? Yeah, as we posited earlier, maybe strength training, maybe on his way to Costco to load up on Lysol wipes. Who knows? You know, you got to have something to transport that with if you're going to load up. So we want to know about the weird things that you have seen out there in the world. And there's something really weird. And once again, Greg, this is at uh, CJOB.com. What's the headline on that one? Machete-wielding man tries to mount horse statue, bear sprays officers. This from Winnipeg Police Service. It happened uh, on Sunday at P.F. Chang's on St. James Street. It wasn't in the middle of the night. It was at 7 p.m. So we want to know the weird things that you have seen. So producer Kyle is here. Jeff Braun is here. Kelly Moore is here. Producer Kyle, we didn't actually get to your story yesterday when we were talking about... uh, Whatever it was we're talking about, I already forgot. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> what, what is your story today? Um, gosh, you know what? I was, th- I was racking my brain, and I was thinking about, um, uh, was it, is it just overnights or any time of day? Any time. Yeah, it was a couple months ago, and I, my, uh, my in-laws were visiting just us outside. We were just having a normal social distance chat, and this guy came out, and he was driving around, and he had, like, an American flag, and he was waving at everybody. And it was really unnerving. And so we all were just like, all right, well, that's the end of our, uh, our of our meeting. We all went back inside. <laughs> he was just driving around. The flag was hanging out the window. He was, he was hanging out the window. And then he got out and was like kind of, you know how there's ways to wave your flag where it's like, yay, go America or go whatever. He, he was not doing it in, in a jovial fashion. He was kind of like really brandishing it at people and so we're like okay that's it for today so did he have a two by four in his head was a hacksaw jim duggan i would not have i would not have run away from hacksaw jim duggan i can tell you that much kyle would have gone and given him a hug yeah. got his autograph bring it in social distancing whatever get in here hacksaw sign this two by four for me i'm gonna hang it on my wall above my bed exactly. with my samurai sword oh when the, the topic yesterday of course was the fox that stole my golf ball if you haven't seen the video go to the 680 cjob instagram we'd love for you to follow us there we also put it up on our Twitter, but you'll, you'll easily find it on Instagram. Jeff Braun, you've probably seen some weird things in your day. Yeah. Years ago, when the station was uh, back at 930 Portage Avenue beside DeLuca's there, in the back alley, several times I would see somebody just walking down the back alley in a full gorilla outfit <laughs> and sandals, and they had, like a, a, they had like a bag with them too, and all I could think of was like, well, they must be going to work where their job is to be dressed up as a gorilla. <laughs> but even still, why why are they wearing the head now? Take the at least take the head off. It'd be summertime and thirty degrees. 
and there's like they must just be sweltering in that suit and also like why in the back alley why not just walk out front on the sidewalk it was so weird it was it, it freaked me out every time I saw it, and I must have seen him, that guy four or five times. Well, if you don't wear the gorilla head, then the guy won't talk about you on the radio. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> we used to see a guy who would ride around on a unicycle outside mm-hmm. of 930 Portage as well, right? That's always, yeah, always a weird that's thing just, to see. That's just a guy showing off his mad skills. <laughs> he had to practice that, you know. I saw, actually, outside 930 Portage, I think the weirdest animal thing I ever saw. It sounded like like uh, a missile had been fired. I think it was a hawk or maybe even a falcon that targeted a, a tiny little bird. And I was standing outside, and I just heard this, whoosh, bang! And it, like, it tackled this thing midair, hammered it down onto the roof of a house, and they both tumbled to the ground, and then one bird got up and ate the other one. It was, like, it, and it happened in three seconds. It was... Horrifying, but very bizarre. Mutual of Omaha's wild kingdom. <laughs> Kelly Moore, what about you? Well, GMAC, you and I have both seen this guy. It's been a while since I've uh, driven into work in the middle of the night. Uh, but uh, there was the guy at Portage and the uh, just where you take the exit to uh, go on to Broadway. And he'd be standing up there on the traffic island. Uh, I know I'd seen him multiple times mm-hmm. and just waving madly. And, and try to get you to stop. And I, I, I don't know if it was to try to lure some unsuspecting driver to hijack their vehicle or whatever it was. But I thought, you know what, buddy? If you need help that bad, there'll be a police cruiser coming by soon. And uh, they can get you out of whatever jackpot you're in. But uh, it, 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 it was a little bit unnerving for sure because of the, the way this, this guy was trying to flag down traffic. It didn't seem normal. Here's a text message for anybody who likes snakes. Somebody saying at Marion and Uville three weeks ago, male in his 20s crossed the street in front of us with a five-foot boa snake wrapped around the shoulders and body. A big, thick snake. Think about that. No one would mess with you, though. So if you were worried about your safety, just I should, I should grab a snake to walk into the station every morning. That's actually, you know what? If I ever, if I, if the cab is ever late, I could just even buy like some sort of a fake one, just yeah. wrap it around me and and just walk kind of like with a sort of squinty eye or a glitchy eye. No one would come near me. We were talking about Hacksaw Jim Duggan. That's a Jake the Snake Roberts move right there. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. <laughs> what was the Maybe name of the snake? Damien. Damien. And an earthquake sat on him. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Damien. Oh, well, that's not what kind of weird stuff have you seen out in the... Because uh, you've been all over the place. Well, some of it's seen, like, you know, on bikes. I know I've, I've watched somebody with a bike with, like, a baby pig in, uh, in the front in the basket. Which a I baby think is pig? Awesome. Yeah, like, and I actually was trying to figure out if it was one of those... You can get those pet pigs, you know, that don't grow much. Like the a miniature teacup, pig. Teacup yeah. pig. So I love it when I see people with their animals doing funny things like that or a bird on their shoulder. But um, the thing that stands out for me is the weird things Winnipeggers just do or say. And I remember being in the food court at 201 Portage years ago and I was in line waiting to get some Greek food. And I heard this woman say to the restaurant, do you have anything bigger than the large salad? And then the <laughs> server said... Do you mean our secret salad? <laughs> this customer says, yeah, I'll take that, please. And then they just stared at each other for the longest time. Because <laughs> it was so Winnipeg, right? Like as if this person thought there was something off menu, cheaper, or a secret salad. They just looked at each other like, man, there's no secret salad. Like Seinfeld fan wanted the big salad. <laughs> the big... Sometimes menus do have secrets, though. The keg, 
had the keg omega. It wasn't on the menu. It was a 24-ounce steak. My friends just said, hey, what's the biggest steak you can get? They said, well, you know what? We've got the keg omega. Uh, so, yeah, I ate that. I, and it was... <laughs> Not very good because <laughs> it was like the, it was just like a bad piece of meat, right? And so that's why it's not on the menu. And here's a text on Ellis Avenue: guy on a unicycle playing an accordion. Why oh, that's not? impressive. Why not? That is some mad skills. <laughs> we start this hour with a new item on the back-to-school shopping list for thousands of parents and students this year, and that, of course, Loren, is masks. And that brings us to our next guest, who's the president of Freed and & Freed, and this is a Winnipeg-based company, and originally known, or largely known, for its outerwear. In fact, in 2014, they outfitted Team Canada at the Olympics. But when we first talked to them back in the spring, they had actually decided to add masks to their list of items, and they're now making them by the thousands, if not tens of thousands. And President Marissa Freed joins us now. Good morning, Marissa. Good morning. How are you? We're well, thank you. And it's nice to chat with you again. Take us back to April and how many masks you first started making when you moved into that area, and and how many you're making now? We first started making, I would say, in the low hundreds, just to sort of see if the idea would actually take off. And to date, we have sold hundreds of thousands. Hundreds of thousands. I was just sitting here contemplating <laughs> that that number because... Like, oh, can you hear me? Yeah, no, I could hear you. But just my jaw was on the floor because you just, you're right. You never know how something like this is going to take off. And uh, clearly this pivot or the shift is, is paying off for you, Marissa. You know, I, I don't think that... Um, a COVID experience, if you will, is necessarily a good thing. However, I do think that there is some pride to come out of how we've all banded together. One is a city, two is a country, and I, I suppose three as, as a nation and humankind. But yes, um, it, it, it has worked out, uh, knock on wood. It, it, it is working out for my business, knock on wood. So you've now ventured into making masks for kids, and I'm just looking at them right now at your website, freedandfreed.com. I would actually like to get one of these for myself, but why don't you tell us about the kids' masks? Our kids' masks are all made adjustable, so they pretty much fit from age 3 to about age 12, and once you get to 12, you could also venture into the adjustable adults. We've kept the majority of them black, uh, except for Hudson's Bay has some exclusives with different prints on them. And all of them on our website have emojis. There's four different emojis available. And it's just sort of to make them fun for the kids and, you know, to, to keep them, I guess, feeling good about wearing them. And the, the feedback I get most of the time is lots of kids feel like they're ninjas while wearing the mask. So I guess for them, that's quite exciting. And that keeps them safe and keeps other kids safe. You know, it's a strange world we live in that this is where we've come, right? In the beginning, we were just talking about basics uh, and the basic sure. masks. And now, you know, you're trying to think of how you're going to make it work for your kid. And it's not just the look maybe that they'll want. It's the straps. It's the fit. It's the feel. And it's, it's I don't want to say sadly because it's just like, just where we are, but it's part of the conversation. And so what have you been hearing from parents and maybe even kids about just the struggle to either get them in or find that right fit? Because we... I just yesterday watched a woman in Brandon with her toddler and she said, well, I have a mask for her, but she's so little, right? It's hard to keep them wearing them. So comfort's part of it too. Sure. Comfort's 
part of it, absolutely. Breathability is very important, which is why our masks are, when, if you see them, they're, they're to the side versus right in front of a child's mouth. That could be, in my opinion, dangerous. Of course, I'm a mother of two toddlers um, and, and an 11-year-old, so all of them are wearing them comfortably. But most importantly, I think for me, the true testament is my three-and-a-half-year-old daughter that carries her mask around and, and puts it in her pocket and puts it on herself, and she knows how to take it off herself by only using the ear loop. And I think most importantly, we, we all sort of need to teach our children and, and promote the mask wearing and explain it to them. And just so they understand, really, that it's, it's in everybody's best interest and, and make it something that's fun, which is what we've tried to achieve from a design side. And yes, as we realize that it's not necessarily fun, it, it does. It's important. It's important for all of us. It's important for the older community. It's, just, it's important. It's just important. Marissa, I've been taken aback at just how commonplace it has become. And and it's almost a fashion accessory. I, I shudder to, to imagine we've had the discussion about how it's become a political statement in, in some people's eyes. But uh, you're sort of flipping that on its ear as well, because uh, you can uh, share some positive messages and some personalization. And are you working mm-hmm. with businesses as well to, to uh, make those masks uh, personalized uh, for businesses with, with uh, different logos, etc.? Yeah, absolutely. We're doing corporate masks. You can see our masks across Earl's throughout North America. You can see them at many other businesses. We do, we do all kinds of um, special masks for different kinds of organizations and also with other government agencies. And before we let you go here, I'm just looking at uh, the various masks that you have at freedandfree.com. Uh, some of them have messages of positivity, like all for one, mm. uh, one for mm. all. Uh, but you also have um, one here with a rather explicit message. <laughs> uh, I knew that was going to come up. <laughs> how, so uh, you, you can see it at the website, freedandfree.com. How well has that one done? So that was me. I did that. I take all the blame and also all the credit. <laughs> and uh, that one's done fairly well. Fairly well. Yeah, I kind of want to get it, but I don't know that I'd get away with wearing that at work. But probably not at work. Freedandfree.com is where you can have a look at the masks for both adults and now for kids. The kids' ones are really cute with the emojis on them. Marissa Freed, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this morning. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, indeed, I never really, I can't believe that here we are just six months later talking about masks being fashion accessories. And of course, yesterday we learned that 88% of women think men are sexy when they wear masks in public. When I first saw people wearing these masks, I thought the apocalypse is here. Mm. And here we are talking about masks with emojis on them. Well, you just, uh, you got to go with the flow. That's what uh, Freed and Freed has done in their business model. We just, you know... My new saying, Loren, better safe than sorry. Yeah, and I guess, you know, looking at it yesterday, I have to say, you mentioned that apocalyptic feeling, Brett, having been in Brandon where everybody is now putting them on or the majority of people are working to do that. It is a very different feeling and it is an adjustment we'll have to all get used to and and thinking about the kids going off to school in two weeks and that being part of their back to school outfit. It's just going to be a really different year and here we go, I guess. That's all I have to add to that. Yesterday, we talked about a petition to make masks mandatory on Winnipeg Transit. Well, today we want to talk about a petition to 
just have choice for mandatory masks at school. The petition is called Freedom to Choose, My Kid, My Choice. This is from Manitoba Together. They're trying to get to 3,000 signatures. So far, 2,300 have signed. And yesterday, CJOB's Skylar Peters spoke with spokesperson for Manitoba Together, Patrick Allard. What we're doing is we're, we're standing up for our, our parental rights. And, and we believe that us as parents, we know what's best for our children um, and how we can uh, best protect our children uh, ourselves. Due to the, the overwhelming amount of, and we're speaking about masks, the overwhelming amount of evidence, uh, whether masks work, whether they don't work, like we're all over the board. It, or, you know, everybody's all over the board. I could find a, uh, a medical professional that say they work. I could find another medical professional that says they don't work. So ultimately, the decision should be left up to the individual to do their own research, to do what's best for themselves and their family. And I think that's how it's, always been uh with how we raise our kids um you know that bodily autonomy comes comes up uh, and medical freedoms right we want to make sure we keep those intact mackling reaction well i'm just i would love to speak to patrick and ask him if uh it's time to rescind smoking laws speed limits other things that are designed to keep us safe that you might uh, feel are limiting your rights as an individual you know I used to work in the restaurant business. That's no secret. I'm a non-smoker. I've never had a cigarette in my life, but I had to choose between working in the smoking and non-smoking section quite often. And traditionally, you made more money in the smoking section. Yeah, smokers spend money. Yeah, spend money. They drink a little bit more, freer with their money. But I was um, very much in favor when Workplace Safety and Health in Manitoba stepped in and said, look, we've got to stop this. People are, are getting ill. I remember how my clothes used to smell. I remember how I used to feel after working uh, in a smoking section at the restaurant. And right now, your expressed air could be similar to cigarette smoke and the fact that it could be poison to somebody else. And I really think that's the way... Most of us see that, that you are wearing a mask to protect others from what you might be expressing from your body, similar to cigarette smoke. And if you think about it that way, I don't know how you could be against not infringing on my right to, to breathe non-contaminated air. Well, there are there are some parents I have heard from that have concerns um, about the masks because of other issues, which is not what the argument is here. This is just about choice. But I have heard from parents who, for example, their kids have allergies, that they're anaphylactic to different foods and are worried the face covering will cover up the rash that first might first appear or other symptoms. And so just want to have a talk with the teacher about being extra vigilant. I've, I've, I've heard from people who've kids, um, might have hearing difficulties. I know one that might be hard of hearing, and so therefore they rely a little bit on lip reading as well as listening to their teacher, and so they have some questions about that. But, you know, they're taking those directly to the teacher. There's There are concerns on you know those individual levels. He's just talking about the matter of choice, and I think your point, Greg, is it's the same as, you know, when you say can we trust parents to do the right thing, I don't know if we always can. You know, when you think about helmets or the kids who put helmets on or don't put helmets on or, like you said, seatbelts and all the rest – the issue, I think, that comes down to the mask debate from the get-go has been a little bit convoluted, and that's made it difficult for some people to understand the value. But when a public health official comes out and says, this is what we're telling you to do, 
I feel like if a doctor tells you to do something, aren't you taking that pretty seriously? Well, it would be like uh, saying, my kids will eat nothing but peanut butter sandwiches. I don't care if you have a nut allergy, someone in the class that has one, I'm sending peanut butter sandwiches to school regardless. Let us know what you think at 204-780-6868. And Loren, what do we have coming up after Global News at 8 o'clock? Well, I think a lot of people looked at September as kind of that month that we might see that return to a normal or a new normal when it comes to not just schools, but businesses getting up and running again and people moving back downtown and office workers and all the rest. And so we're going to visit the downtown business, see where they're at, and also talk to them about a new program they're launching today because they're trying to help businesses that are reopening, reopen safely as they're calling it. And so we'll visit with Kate Fenske just after 8. It's Tuesday at 7.55, which means... Time for Hextall on Hockey for the City of Winnipeg. Not sure what goes in your recycling? Find out what goes where at winnipeg.ca slash recycling or contact 311. Last week, NBC sports analyst Mike Milbury referred to women as, quote, a distraction in the NHL bubble. The comment was deemed as, quote, insensitive and insulting by the league, sexist by others. But how does Hextall on Hockey feel about it? Last Thursday, multiple news outlets reached out to me for my opinion on Mike Milbury's comment about women being a distraction in the NHL bubble. I didn't respond to any of the requests. I bowed out of the conversation because... (sighs) Listen, the context behind Milbury's comment about players not having to deal with women as a distraction in the bubble stems from the fact that past practices in hockey have seen playoff teams elect to stay at a hotel room for home games to avoid the distraction of their lives and to focus solely on hockey. That's what Milbury meant. Knowing this as a person, as a woman who has been around the game most of her life, I didn't take offense to the comment. But I did shake my head because the way in which he said it clearly sexualizes women. And we don't need any help being sexualized. I've been sexualized my entire career most of my life because I am female through movies, magazines, songs, and my career path. And what I really don't need anymore is PR statements with lame apologies. I need action. Not action in the form of cancel culture, but action of education. Like so many of our societal issues, we have to unlearn the bias that has been built into us throughout our lives. Sexism, racism, homophobia, the list is so long. And I definitely don't have the answers how to solve society's problems, but we can't do it by writing everyone off and we can't do it overnight. And me spouting off this opinion, does it really matter? What I can do and what so many women have done before me is use their platform to push, push for progress, push for equality, push back. I'm going to keep pushing, but for right now, I'm tired. We've been asking you at 204-780-6868 to text us the weird, bizarre things that you have seen. As this morning, I saw a guy with a wooden pallet on his back walking across the Osborne Bridge. Saw another guy dribbling a basketball down Portage Avenue at 4.53 a.m. because that seems perfectly normal. Tom says there's a guy who rides his bike around St. B playing his guitar with no hands on the bike. And we also had someone else text us about that unicycle rider who also plays an accordion on Ellis. Yeah, have you that? tried have you tried riding a bike recently without hands? 
because the kids are in that no hand phase. It's super hard because when you were younger, you did it all the time and you thought you were so cool. I can't imagine doing that with an ad- as an adult and playing the guitar at the same time. Oh, I've tried to ride no hands a couple of times on my bike. I can't do it any longer. <laughs> no, it's it's embarrassing. like, well, there's too many things to think about here. I just think I'll just put my hands right where they belong. I, I need to try this. I haven't actually rode a bike since I was 15. Oh, no. Yeah, I miss riding a bike. Well, you know what they say. You never forget. That's right. And Larry says, I saw... Uh, some women pushing two Safeway carts full of VHS movies on Maryland and Broadway. I'm like, VHS movies? When was this? And he says, at 5 a.m. this morning. <laughs> Have a great morning. So I want security footage of that. <laughs> so keep those texts coming at 204-780-6868. What is the biggest deciding factor, Loren, when looking for a place to shop or eat these days? Yeah, are you weighing that whole thing about whether staff are wearing masks? If they aren't wearing masks, are you looking for those arrows when you walk in the door to try to figure out which way you're supposed to walk? Are you reaching for the hand sanitizer and, and upset if it's there or if it's not there? And and there's all sorts of questions that have changed the shopping and dining out experience. And so this morning, the Downtown Biz is launching a new campaign in hopes of helping businesses reopen safely. And so the goal, Greg, is to give them tools they might need, like PPE, to help People feel better as they walk through their doors. Kate Fenske is the executive director of the Downtown Biz and joins us now. Good morning, Kate. Good morning. It's always great to have you on the program. Let's just start with what is and isn't open right now in the downtown. I know there was a hope that we would see a slow return to normal by September, but can you tell us what percentage of downtown businesses and offices are in fact open? Yeah, it's interesting when we're looking at the businesses downtown and we represent about 1,100 that operate in the downtown area, over 250 city blocks. Surprisingly, over 90% of them are open, but they may be operating at reduced hours. Maybe they're not open on the weekend yet. I know Fools and Horses just started opening on Sundays. So we really are seeing that, you know, that they're showing that they're open. Um, and, but the challenge is the customers aren't there, not to the same numbers that they would be in a normal year. And that really is not everyone is working uh, back downtown in the office yet. A lot of people are still working from home. So when we know people have decisions to make, it's really important that we show that downtown is open with care and help them out however we can. That's what we've really been trying to do over the last few summer months. Uh, about a week or two ago, we launched micro-grant programs to help small businesses um, pay some of the bills, do some extra promotion or advertising. And this campaign is really, you know, our teams are going to be out there talking with their businesses, making sure, checking in, you know, these are the protocols for a restaurant or for retail. These are the ones you're supposed to be following. And then showing customers, putting a decal out on the door and also offering masks so they'll have a box of masks at the door if someone wants to wear one, refillable hand sanitizer and some other things. So then the announcement today, and you just touched on it briefly, the Open With Care campaign. You got it. It really is a chance for to help people make easy decisions, I think. So if you see the pink deckle of Open With Care outside on the business, you can trust that that business is taking all the precautions that they should be taking. And some of them are going above and beyond. You know, it's really important about physical distancing and hand washing. That is still, you know, going back to the basics. We've heard that from Dr. Rusin. So customers can do their part too. So not going into a business or, or into a space if you're not feeling well, using the hand sanitizer that's available there. Uh, and the staff are always washing their hands. Some of them are putting up plexiglass to help with that physical distancing. So it's really about all of us in this together downtown trying to do what we can because you know, downtown businesses have been hit harder. Canadian Federation of Independent Business released a study last week 
that shows that fewer urban businesses are back to normal. So while we have, you know, over 90% of downtown Winnipeg businesses open, it doesn't mean that their sales are where they are, where they should be at compared to last year or compared to businesses outside of the downtown area. And you just don't have the office workers, Kate, like you would normally, right? Those towers aren't as full as they used to be. And so in many ways, is this about encouraging people who may not really go downtown or not be downtown to get back there because you don't have that other side of the equation right now? In a safe way, absolutely. And we really want to encourage people to support local. So for those workers that are back downtown, maybe you're sharing a, a job with a coworker. Um, and, and the buildings, we've been um, working a lot with large employers and, and building towers. And they're doing so much to put safety precautions in place. Um, traveling elevators is a real challenge. So it is about thinking local. So if you're working downtown, you know, maybe head out for lunch once a week to support your favorite restaurant. But you want to make sure that they're still there in a couple months' time. And for those, you know, maybe you're working from home, it's a really good chance just to get out and explore. Um, You know, sometimes we can have cabin fever. So we're actually extending our fitness in the park through the month of September, which we haven't done before because our numbers were really good there. People are looking to get outside, get exercise. So there's some fun things to explore downtown while you're here. Well, And if you're frustrated with the way some people are acting or not acting in the big box stores, as more and more people seem to be ignoring the arrows on the floor, some other big box stores have taken the arrows off the off the floor altogether, and and so if you're uncomfortable with the uh, physical distancing practices of other businesses and those shopping alongside you, this is an opportunity to, you know, you don't want to say that uh, quieter businesses or slower businesses are uh, attractive, but they just might be right now, Kate. You bet. When you look at the downtown businesses and what makes up, it really is about a unique dining or shopping experience uh, and a lot of professional services that are there for whether it's massage therapy or going to see your dentist. And really, it is about that customer-centered approach. So they want to keep their customers and their staff safe. In every single survey we've done every month since the pandemic started, number one priority is the safety of downtown businesses, customers and staff. So they really want to make sure you're comfortable, you're safe when you come in. It is that unique experience. And like you said, it's not a bunch of people trying to run down aisles of stores. We don't really have those big box stores. Uh, And another great option, there is one big store that you still can uh, uh, visit. I was just there a couple of weeks ago, Bay Downtown. Um, They've got great precautions in place there is a shopping experience and always great sales that i find there uh just picked up a new rain jacket but it really is you know downtown businesses i think coming together to show that we are open with care as a neighborhood as a community and we want to make sure that whatever you're looking for whether it's essential services or something unique that you have a safe experience when you come downtown kate fenske executive director of the downtown biz joining us live on 680 cjob kate thank you so much for this Thanks. Take care, everyone. It may feel redundant to say or hear that one of our city's premier events has been cancelled, postponed, or has had to pivot dramatically in order to accommodate COVID-19 protocols. We find ourselves in that position again this morning. The Victoria General Hospital... Uh-oh. I think we just lost Loren, so I'll pick up where she left off. The Victoria General Hospital has undergone a significant shift in the services it provides Manitobans over the past several years. With the move from emergency to urgent care, the hospital on Pembina Highway, it's near the University of Manitoba, also provides geriatric rehabilitation services, a variety of day surgeries, 
endoscopy uh, services and mental health services, which leads us to the fifth annual Miracle Garden Party in support of mental health. And uh, Brett, last week I received an email asking if I would make a phone call to our next guest. This guest shares the same name with one of my favorite people anywhere. And as it happens, Ron Hogue is the same Ron Hogue who is in fact one of our favorite people ever. Good morning, Ron. Hey, Greg, how are you? I'm doing very well. Great to have you on the program. And Ron is director of the of development for the Victoria Hospital Foundation. And you know you had me at mental health, an incredibly important cause in our community. Mm, yeah, it really is. And and yeah, you and I have a have a shared history in that environment and um we both really appreciate the importance of initiatives that go to support uh, care in that environment and and this is one of them. So before we talk about this extremely innovative way you're gathering for the Miracle Garden Party, tell us about the work being done at Victoria Hospital since the pivot in healthcare services in the city of Winnipeg a couple of years ago. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, there's there's obviously been some changes in healthcare in the province and uh you know, everybody is, is, is looking towards trying to improve uh, access and equity of access to all those services. And um, the VIC is, is one of the hospitals that's uh, undergone some of those changes. And one of the, one of the major things that, that we're known for now is, uh, is providing mental health services to our community, uh, not just within South Winnipeg, but uh, within uh, the largest scope of the province as well. So, um Initiatives like the Miracle Garden Party, this is our fifth annual, as you said, um, go towards raising funds to support those initiatives in the community, not only in the hospital itself, uh, but uh, through organizations that align with our mission. We understand Loren is back after being briefly cut off. Loren, are you there? I am. I was mid-sentence too. I went on very long, so I apologize to everyone and, of course, to our guest, Ron, because I was talking away and nobody was listening, Ron. And, and I, 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 lo- I, I love what you guys are doing this year because you're still bringing people together, but just not in the same way. So explain to us how you're making this annual Miracle Garden Party work. Yeah, well, we, um, we got together. I'm very blessed to have a, an amazing committee this year, uh, Tracy Koga and Kevin Nealis are our co-chairs this year. And um, we've got a, a supporting cast of some very talented and experienced individuals within our community that basically brainstormed and tried to figure out, based on the existing public health protocols, how do we continue to support uh, mental health in our community through this event? And they came up with the concept of um, not only uh, holding it uh, remotely, um, through five different sites. We're, we're partnering with five restaurants in our community, Frankie's Italian Kitchen and Bar, Brazen Hall Kitchen and Brewery, Nicolino's, Max's Restaurant, and East India Company. And we're basically going to be arranging uh, mini sites, satellite sites, instead of having us all come together under one tent. In the Miracle Garden, we're going to be together but separate at those restaurants. So um, again, uh, public health protocols are going to be top of mind and in, in effect, uh, but we're going to gather virtually. So um, there'll be a, a program that we've uh, recorded and uh, we're going to be presenting for the evening, uh, entertainment with Garrett Mazim, Curtis Newton, and uh, we're going to also be featuring um, uh, the local artist, uh, Barry Bredeni. He's created an original oil painting that we're going to be auctioning live uh, throughout the evening as well. So 
Um, there'll be the usual raffle prizes and, and whatnot. Um, there's helicopter rides, sports packages, fishing boat, uh, backyard barbecue, all sorts of things that you would normally see at a, at a gala like this, but um, in kind of a unique environment. So we're really excited about that. And, and one of the other missions for our team this year was to give back to the community that's been supporting us for so long. And certainly the restaurants during COVID-19 have taken a, a really hard hit in terms of their ability to uh, to stay in business and raise revenue and employ their staff. So what we're doing here through this event is being able to generate revenue uh, for those restaurants, uh, allow them to employ staff, uh, which is very, very important, and uh, at the same time give us venues to be able to hold our event. And you mentioned East India Company should also, I just learned from Facebook that it is uh, the proprietor's birthday of that restaurant, Sachit Mara, so happy birthday, Satch. Uh, And how hard has it been, Ron, during this pandemic to to raise money for your foundation? Uh, That's a great question. Um, Or has it been hard? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's given us an opportunity, certainly with, with COVID, the whole issue of mental health has been brought to the fore, and um, you know, that's that's certainly going to be one of the um, the fallouts from from the pandemic. Is and we're seeing it now the the stress, the isolation, um, the 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 um, things that are are being caused as a result of of COVID in the mental health arena are are going to be significant, and and we want to be able to position. Uh, both the hospital and our community to be able to react to that in an effective way. So um, I think the environment has certainly created um, an ability for us to have that conversation in, in a way that people uh, find much more relatable now because of COVID. And, you know, 28% of adult Manitobans are, are living with at least one mental health illness and, and COVID hasn't done anything to, uh, to help that. So I think we're all... Um, uh, being affected by this in one way or another, either directly or indirectly. And um, the support so far for this event has been fantastic. So we're really encouraged and looking forward to a great night. You talk about the supports for this event, but obviously the supports long-term for mental wellness are, are critical in our community. And Ron, we can talk about that on air another time. We want to know how people can support and, and get out into one of these venues and support this uh, tremendous cause. Do you get to pick your venue? Ah, that's the twist. Is people can, can go to uh, the vicfoundation.ca. Uh, our website, buy their ticket for the event. It's $200. Uh, and it's September the 10th, uh, starting at 6 o'clock. And uh, we'll reveal to them their venue for that evening a couple days in advance. So mm. it's a bit of a mystery until uh, until we give you that phone call or, or send you that email. So um, that's the twist. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, any one of those five restaurants would be just a fantastic venue to enjoy some some good company. And uh, everybody's really, uh, I, I think, uh, looking forward to being able to socialize in a, in a very responsible way. Again, following all the public health protocols that will be in place. And uh, we're obviously monitoring that. I know Loren mentioned at the top that, um, you know, some, some have been canceled and, and, and uh Brett mentioned it as well. So uh, we're fortunate to be able to continue to, to do the event and uh, 
looking, as I said, to a great night. Where do we go online for more information? Go to the vicfoundation.ca or you can call 204-477-3513. And if you can't make it out to the event, you can still support mental health initiatives through our 50-50 draw. Uh, and you can go online to buy a ticket there at the vic5050.com. Ron Hogue is Director of Development for the Victoria Hospital Foundation, a former colleague of ours as well, the Ronimal. Ronimal, good to talk to you, man. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate the opportunity. We have a large two-topping pizza to give away for Santa Lucia. We'll do that in a moment. But first, question of the day at cjob.com, brought to you by Mr. Furnace. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furnace, 204-832-6243. Loren, what do we got? A lot about masks and where they're mandated and where they're not in this province, and that's elicited a whole host of responses. So we want to ask the question, do you prefer going to businesses who appear to be more closely following the provincial COVID-19 guidelines. Your choices are yes, I only go to those businesses, or no, doesn't matter to me. Cast your vote at cjob.com. And now for the pizza. Here is the question at 204-780-6868. Men are, what are you doing there, Greg? Getting ready to uh, welcome our listener oh. here. <laughs> okay, you, you did a hand signal and I was sure you finger. Were giving me a direction. <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah, nah. Men are three times more likely than women to do this at home. What is it? Who's our first caller? Glenn, and I want to make sure I had my finger warmed up so I didn't press the wrong <laughs> button. Good morning, Glenn. Oh, uh, <laughs> three times more likely. Yes. Uh, Time is short, so I'm going to give a hint right uh, out of the gate. Oh, you got a guess? Go ahead. No, I'll take your hint if you got it. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. Uh, it's it's in the kitchen. Doing the dishes. Negative. Good guess, though. All right. What's the, Who's the next caller? Good morning, Sandy. Hey there. How's it going? It's going well. What do you think? I, uh, hmm, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Doing this at home? Men are three times more than likely, more likely than women to do this at home. What is it? It is in the kitchen. Um, clean up after themselves? No. Good guess, though. Who's next? Morning, Holly. Hi. Uh, can I get a hint? The hint was it's in the kitchen. Uh, okay. Um... Men are three times more likely than women to do this at home. What is it? Three, two, what? Next. Need a guess, Holly. Sorry, Holly. Who's next? Gary's next. Morning. Um, geez. Got to be something wrong if it's some guy. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Three. I'm going to do with the dishwasher. No. Nope. Uh, no, we got to move. We got to. Sorry, don't... Gary. We got to keep this going. You got to have your guesses ready. And good morning. Hi there. What do you think it is? Cook a meal. Negative. Negative. Okay. Next. Sorry to be so short, but yeah, we have almost Ursula, no time. Ursula, go ahead, yeah. please. Looking in the fridge. You're on. You're you're heating up. It's in the fridge. Okay, in the fridge. In the fridge. Okay, so Ursula's close. Is this Wendy? Hi. What do you think? I think it's uh, leaving out stuff like milk on the counter. Oh, you're almost there. Oh. It has to do with milk. It has to do with milk. Oh, I think I know what it is now. Brian, do you know what it is? 
Uh, putting the empty milk container back in the fridge. No. Oh, oh. so close, but that's not Why it. do you do that? We don't do that. It's not empty. <laughs> Harold. Hi. What do you think it is? Drink milk out of the carton. Yes, it is. There it is. Men are three times more likely than women to do this at home. What is it? Drink milk out of the carton or jug. <laughs> I live alone, so guilty as charged. I just Brett has no right. glasses. <laughs> <laughs> just chug it right there in the kitchen. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.